Young, back to throw. In trouble, he's going to be sacked. No, gets away. He runs, gets away again, goes to the 40, gets away again, to the 35, cuts back at the 30, to the 20, the 50, the 10. He dies, touchdown, 49ers. Welcome to another edition of the 49ers Web Zone No Huddle Podcast. I'm Rob Stats Guerrero alongside Livin Black and Zay Nackby. And guys, a lot has gone on since the last time we got together. First of all, Levin, how you doing? I'm doing all right, but I think that a lot has gone on is relative. A lot has gone on compared to the last couple months, but... but I'm summarizing, okay? It's a summary. <laughs> Zane, help me out here. Can we say that a lot has happened, but like we're kind of just in the same place at the same time? Like, I feel like a lot of stuff is being discussed, and... A lot of stuff has happened negatively for the 49ers injury-wise, which we'll get into, but I just feel like we're kind of spinning our wheels with all these suggestions of a football season and how we're going to see football and what is football going to look like in the fall? Are we going to have football? So, I mean, it, to me, it's, it's interesting, but also like this is kind of an exercise in futility to some extent because it's like we literally don't know what's going to happen. Yes, we are sort of going forward pretending that they're going to play obviously we don't know let's just say for the sake of this podcast that they are going to play guys but one thing we know for sure they're going to play two fewer preseason games the first game or the first week of the preseason and the last week of the preseason have been eliminated so that means no denver broncos and no chargers for the 49ers they will open against the raiders and the preseason will close against the bears levin what does this mean i guess for all teams obviously, but specifically the 49er. That all these people that are for downsizing the preseason get their experiment, assuming the season happens, they get their experiment. This is what a lot of people in the league have been saying. Go to two preseason games. There's no reason to have four. So this will be a good experiment if the season happens to see whether two games is enough. I could see this happening. Teams like it, and there's a big push to continue this and this becomes the permanent way it's set up we talked about this a little bit off air before we started and stats you're mentioning guys like brandon Ayuk, and i'll say i'll take that further like juan jennings and javon kinlaw and werner and trent williams even getting in and, and practicing and playing with their team and learning this new scheme look there's been no otas there's been no mini camp there's been no off season up to this point the only thing that's happened is Camp Jimmy. And even then, that had to be cut short because the guy tested positive. And even then, you only had some of the skill players there. You didn't have the offensive line there. You didn't have the defensive line there. It's just some of the running backs and all the quarterbacks and most of the receiving cores. So the time to evaluate players has been cut down drastically because you take two games away and those snaps that these guys need to be able to get their feet wet in a scheme or in the NFL and get used to the game speed, it really you really take away from that. And I know that like, I'm in the minority, but I like having four preseason games because you get to see more of these rookies. You get to see some of these guys that are fringe players like a Raheem Mostert who, who came in as basically a special teams guy, an undrafted guy, and became, in my opinion, like a star running back. So you won't see that this year, unfortunately. At least Trent Williams already knows the system, having been with Kyle Shanahan in the past in Washington. That's but true. yeah, especially for the wide receivers. I mean... You're taking a tough job and making it a lot harder when you condense it down to only two games. It's, it, you know, it's one thing to be sitting there learning the offense and studying your playbook. It's another thing altogether when you get on the field and all of a sudden the defense is doing something you didn't expect and it's, oh no, what do I do? Like you, that's how you learn these things. And there's two less games, so a lot less opportunities. If you're a guy like Jalen Hurd, who you know was injured all last year, I, 
it's tough for me as a 49ers fan because I feel like the season is going to be so hard as it is. And this is just like, as Joe Pesci said in My Cousin Vinny, another thing we could throw on the top of this case, along with Marissa Tomei's biological clock. <laughs> we got a we got a biological clock reference in this podcast. I think we've already <laughs> Early won. <too. laughs> Early reference but, there, too. I mean, yeah, the Niners have a more complicated system. It is what it is. They're not the only team that are going to be affected by this. I mean, yeah, the Rams have pretty good continuity in, in, in the sense that they kept most of their top players, but you got Arizona, they have DeAndre Hopkins. He can't get integrated into the system, and that's a complicated system as well. You got a team like New England. Cam Newton's got to get up to speed. He's already behind the gun as it is because he just signed, but now he's got to come to a brand new team with a different system, and he's not going to have much time in the preseason to get it. That's going to be an interesting team, by the way, to watch. I'll find it interesting how much each player plays in the preseason games because Cam needs the time if he's going to be the starter, but if Stenham is in competition, then they got to kind of, you know, just interesting non-Niners related thing. But to me... No, it, it is it, Niners related. They're playing week seven. Well... That is true, but by week seven, uh, you would think Cam's up to speed. So that's what I'm um, worried about, exactly. <laughs> uh, but overall, like I said, it is what it is. They're professionals. There, there's, there's a learning curve, anyways. As Debo said, he didn't really get up to speed until the second half of the season. We saw him take off. So the Niners, for the most part, have their offense intact. It's really just a rookie wide receiver and should have been rookie last year, wide receiver that need to get up to speed for the offense. And they got other receivers who have been around. So the offense isn't really hurting somebody like Javon Kinlaw. Yeah, he's a rookie, but his role is going to be pretty simple. Stand in the center and either get the ball carrier or get the quarterback. You know what I mean? It, it's not going to be that difficult. In my opinion, the Niners have the depth of wide receiver and everything else is intact already. So uh, I want to start, actually want to start with the Cam Newton thing. When I, I, I had actually privately talked about that um, when I found out he was released from Carolina and um, that Brady was going to Tampa Bay. And I was like, you know, that, that seems like it makes too much sense. And a guy like Andy Dalton goes to, uh, goes to Dallas to be a backup quarterback for essentially more money than Cam Newton got to be a starter in New England. And I felt like, you know, Andy Dalton would have gone there, but Cam Newton in New England is to me, you, you pair him with like Bill Belichick and he's got, you know, Julian Edelman is a, as a pretty good safety outlet and, and an up and coming sort of defense over there. That's been, that's been good for a few years, but has a lot of youth on it still. Um, they're scary again. I, I don't think they're Super Bowl scary. Like they would be with Brady, but I mean, they're, they're going to win that division. They're winning the AFC East. Like they'll beat as good as Josh Allen and Buffalo are. I, I think they'll beat, they'll beat them. And they'll win the AFC. So um, we all want a New England to just kind of fade away and stuff. And here they come again with Cam, Cam Newton. Well, I tweet something I tweeted when it first happened. I haven't, I can't think of a coach as good as Belichick with a mobile quarterback as good as Cam since Bill Walsh and Steve Young. Mm-hmm. I mean, Belichick is the best coach of all time. And Cam Newton is an amazing, when he's healthy, he's MVP level as a player. And I, right. I can't remember a mobile quarterback that got matched up with as good a coach as Belichick since Walsh and Young. I mean, that's a big question. Is he even mobile anymore? Because towards the end, he wasn't. 
and he's only gotten older and now recovering from yet another injury. I don't, I'm not convinced he will be all that mobile. I think he'll be somebody that gets some scrambling yards, but the designed runs are definitely gone. I don't see Belichick caring to have those. I don't think Cam will be much of a runner. He'll be, you know, like maybe like an Aaron Rodgers type runner, you know, somebody that scrambles, but he's not going to be a big runner. Yeah, I mean, and you pair him with Josh McDaniels, who is one of the brightest offensive minds in the game, like top two, in my opinion, right? I think Kyle Shanahan is number one, and Josh McDaniels is right there, number two. They're, they're interchangeable for a lot of people, but you pair him with that good just, of an offensive I, line. Like, I got to interject here because I hadn't thought of it till you mentioned Josh McDaniels. So I got to make this reference. Mm-hmm. What, who's the last? What happened last time Josh McDaniels had a mobile quarterback? They won a bunch of games with Tim Tebow. Tebow, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tebow Magic. People time. Go look at those plays. I swear, if I'm if I'm you know Nick Bosa and 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 Robert Sala, I'm going back right now. Fire up the Bronco Tebow film, baby, because I think a lot of that stuff is coming back. And why wouldn't you? I mean, Cam is a a billion times better athlete than Tim Tebow. Yeah, and he's he's a much. I mean, athleticism. Tebow's pretty athletic, but a, a billion times better quarterback. That that I, we can say that. So yeah, I interesting. So that that all of a sudden that W that people were chalking up in New England in Week Seven doesn't look so sure anymore, and I think that the Niners are going to have their hands full with with uh, Cam Newton that week. But to the point of having uh, less time to prepare with the rookies, I mean, honestly, like I, I'm kind of in between. Like I'm not so extreme that like oh well the rookies are going to be totally lost because they lost two games and and most of their offseason because they have been able to be with their quarterbacks and I'm sure that they've gone over concepts and and playbook things with their teams, but. Uh, there is something also to be said about game action and live uh, live bullets kind of flying at you and getting used to the actual NFL speed because that's the number one thing you ask any rookie rookies that have been on our show rookies that have been on other shows they'll say that the speed of the NFL is the biggest thing that they have to deal with and I hope that they can get what they need uh, the good thing is is that with I mean it's not a good thing but Debo's out so Ayuk is going to get his snaps he's going to get his reps so. That being said, like the the learning curve shouldn't be as steep for him because he's inserted right away. Whereas last year, like with Debo, it's like he didn't really get those reps because you know you had you had Goodwin and and Pettis that were supposed to be the number one and two, and both of those guys eventually went down, and all of a sudden you thrust Debo into the starting lineup, and he hasn't had those repetitions yet. And I think that's kind of what stunted his growth. But when you saw him take off, he became a star, and I I think he will continue to be a star. So little things like that you can't kind of can't take account for. But when it comes down to it, really, it's just it's just football, like Levin said, right? Just strapping on the pads and catching a ball and and knowing where you're supposed to be at the right time. So I think it's a balance of both things. And speaking of Debo, I guess that transitions us into the other topic we're going to talk about. You know, we have the DJ Reed injury now. So that makes three big injuries to Niner players in the last couple of weeks between Debo, Richie, James, and DJ Reed. I guess the question would be what to make of it. Because you don't normally see all these injuries in the offseason away from team workouts. I mean, these are just simple workouts that they're getting injured in. Is there anything to blame for it or is it just random? I mean, the 49ers were the sixth most injured team last year. So it doesn't feel so random, right? I mean, after a while, it can't be just luck, right? Luck doesn't last for this long unless you're the Chargers, I guess. But it's, I don't know if it's random or not, but. My first thought when I saw the injury is, does that affect the potential Jamal Adams trade? So, uh, I mean, this this is one trade. So, first of all, I'm, I was on the record 
this is actually before you, well before you guys' time on the show, but I was on the record saying that I wanted Jamal Adams as a 49er when they, when they made that draft pick. And they should have done that. Instead of drafting Solomon Thomas, they should have drafted Jamal Adams. And now here they are. Uh, Jamal Adams has two years left on his rookie contract. They're like, hey, we're interested in you, but damn it, you should have drafted him when you had the chance. So I'll say that and then say what I'm going to say next. That it's going gonna, it's gonna to kill the salary cap. There's no way. There's no way that you can... I mean, maybe you can get Jamal Adams for a two-year rental, but you're not re-signing him because you've got so many guys coming off the books that you need to re-up. Um, core guys like Kyle Juszczyk and Kittle, obviously, and you have guys like Kendrick Bourne, and now you have uh, those Kendrick secondary players. Bourne, Kyle Juszczyk, they can walk. We're talking about Jamal Adams. He's an all-pro. Levin, you made a face when I brought this up. You made a face. You furrowed your brow. And you made a face at me, and I want to know why. Because if I'm if I'm picking between Kyle Juszczyk and Kendrick Bourne and Jamal Adams, sorry, those those guys are gone. Jamal Adams is going to be a 49er. So, <laughs> so when did I throw my brow? When you first you furrowed started? your brow when when I like said when you first brought up DJ Reed and whether it affects? Yes, yes, you furrowed your brow. That's because I was thinking in my head, DJ Reed causes us to go get Jamal Adams. How does that change the picture of anything? He he's one of the last guys on the depth chart in the secondary, maybe not even making the team. I mean, it, yeah. it's not that big of a loss in reality. It, what are you going to do? Trade for Jamal Adams and bench Jimmy Ward who just got a new contract or bench uh, Tart? No, who one of those guys benched? would be you got in three the trade. There. Right. One of those guys would be in the trade. And so you're like, well, at least DJ Reed is familiar with the team, knows the system, yada, yada. But if he's hurt now and out for the year, and then you have to trade Tart or Ward, to bring in Jamal Adams, who doesn't know the system, maybe they just say, forget it, we'll skip the whole thing. <laughs> no, 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 they can't, they can't trade for Jamal Adams because of DJ Reed. DJ Reed, okay, here's the thing. I, I realized that some people, and somebody actually posted online a really nice uh, still shot of, I believe it was the fourth quarter before the uh, Tarverius Moore uh, pass interference play on Travis Kelsey in the Super Bowl, where they were all on the field at the same time, meaning like DJ Reed, Jimmy Ward, Mosley, um, Tart and and uh in Sherman and to me like that's th- that's kind of misleading because it's like okay well I mean DJ Reed was on the field because I I feel like they didn't have another slot corner and uh, and K1 Williams was on the field as well by the way so they say that well he can play in the slot and what are you going to do with Jimmy Ward uh if you don't have another slot corner can he go down the slot the, the thing is is that they're all versatile Tarverius Moore can play corner he can play safety same thing with Jimmy Ward uh, the only guy who's kind of there's two guys that are set in their positions. That's uh, Kwan Williams can play in the slot, and he's best there, and he will only play there. And Richard Sherman will only play outside. They'll move Mosley inside. They'll put more uh, as a slot guy, in, which which they did in the Super Bowl. They'll put Ward as a slot guy, which they didn't did at the Rams in the first Rams game. They'll move uh, Tart down into the box, which they do all the time. So you've got guys like Tim Harris that they're really high on that could probably play the slot as well. You've got guys like um, uh, these these sorts of guys that I'm forgetting his name. Who's the other safety? Um, oh, uh, Harris. He he can play down in the box too. So they've got a lot of depth at their safety position and a DB position. Like it just it doesn't make sense for them to refactor this whole thing just because like the third safety on the team goes down. I, I don't see that happening. You don't go trade for an all pro because you lost a depth piece. You replace it with slightly worse depth. Yeah. No, I'm saying they were going to trade for him anyway. Because they had him there. They had the depth behind him there. But now the depth is gone. If you're going to have to, it doesn't matter. You guys are having to. That's fine. <laughs> Let's move on. Um, a little bit of news. You lost We've the depth talking... piece, so now we don't get an all pro? 
That doesn't make sense. Yes. Come on now. I'm not letting it go. <laughs> oh, we lost a depth piece. Now we're not going to improve our team by getting an all-pro. Well, it's different when you're bringing an all-pro and you've got time to educate them into your system as opposed to two weeks of the preseason are gone and God knows when the season's going to start to begin with. You're not going to have training camp. You're not going to have OTAs. You're very quick to dismiss. <laughs> You're going to have a full year to integrate them because the season's not happening. <laughs> well, yeah, that, yeah, that that is, yeah. I'm, I'm in that. I'm in that camp. <laughs> That's where I am. <laughs> can I can I shift gears to another story? Or you guys want to beat me over the head with a crowbar a little more? <laughs> no, go for it. I don't know. Is it going to be about losing Richie James and how that means we shouldn't trade for Julio Jones or what? <laughs> I would not want Julio Jones, regardless. All right, jerks. I'm moving on. According to Matt Barrows of The Athletic, he reported Wednesday that someone, quote, in the know, I don't know what that means, told him that Kittle ultimately would get a contract extension averaging $13 million per season. In case you're wondering, that would be a very nice paycheck for George Kittle. It would make him the highest paid tight end by a fairly wide margin. So, uh, Levin, I put it to you. Take it or leave it right now. $13 million a year for George Kittle. You in? Yeah, for however many years he's willing to be paid that. I mean, <laughs> if that's what the ending number is, what took so long? Like, was it the Niners not willing to come up to $13 million? Well, then, what the heck? And if it's George Kittle coming down from 22, it's like, okay, so it took you this long to see the reality of your situation? To me, that's a, a very, very big win, even though I think it's a fair deal to Kittle. It's just when his agent is throwing out numbers of, wanting to be paid like somebody who's making $22 million, getting it at 13 and not having this huge holdout and all these things is a big win for the team. Yeah, I take that all day. Because the thing is, is that he may restructure after a while, but the, the, other, the other minus for the 49ers is that Prod loves to front load deals because they've had the cap room to be able to do it. Now they're kind of up against the cap. They can no longer front load deals the way that they used to. So they have to be more creative with how they spread the money out. Uh, so I think that if you can get him at 13 mil a year, uh, given that Austin Hooper is sitting there and Hunter Henry are sitting there at 10.6, uh, I think that's that's a that's a pretty fair market because all this talk about George Kittle getting 18 million and things like that, they're not he's not going to get that. First of all, no team is going to pay him that. Nobody's going to reset the tight end market for George Kittle. I, I love George Kittle. He, in my opinion, is the best tight end in the NFL, but he's not going to reset the tight end market to that extent where he's getting like one and a half times more than the next guy. It's not going to happen. So to me, like a deal from anywhere from like 13, even to 15 million would be fair. And with the option, like basically like make it kind of like a year to year sort of thing. Like they've had with, with many of these deals uh, with the option to kind of restructure after like three years. Right. So I think that at that point, Kittle would be what, how old is he now? Would he, would he be 31 at that point? I think he'd be in his thirties, I believe after three or four years. So Give him the option to restructure after that. Get him one more big payday if he wants it, or you let him walk because at that point, hopefully you have a couple of rings or you're, you have at least one and you know you know what you have. And, and if he's not worth the money, then you know. And if he is worth the money, then you can keep him. So out of this whole thing, I think that we'll, it will we'll end up probably just above the franchise tag, which is what... Uh, what's, do you guys have numbers on that, the franchise tag? I, I forgot. I, I had it worked out earlier. I forgot. They don't know exactly what the number will be just yet, but it's being projected at about 11 million. There you go. So I think that 13 mil, 13 to 14 mil. Next year. Yeah. Next year. They don't have to franchise them this year. Yeah. No, I wrote an article earlier today. So there you go. They're not earlier earlier this week. 
Is that your like subtle way of saying that I'm a jerk for not reading it? I read it. That's where I got the number. Sure, from. if you want to take it that way. But it, <laughs> yeah, Levin, I read see? it. Okay, see, I, I read your article. Sorry, um, <laughs> it, it's pretty good. I'm as I'm shifting away from that. It's pretty good of Kittle's agent, right? Throw out twenty mil, and then all of a sudden we see thirteen mil, and we're all like, "Oh, hey, thirteen mil, that's pretty good." Meanwhile, he's still the highest paid uh, tight end, and by the way, he'll be twenty-seven in October. Um, but it'd be nice for the Niners to just have this done, right? Put this to bed, 13 million. Okay, we'll move on. I do think it's interesting. You know, everybody talks about Jimmy Garoppolo and and they sort of knock him because, well, he's a system guy. Kyle Shanahan gets everybody wide open, but we don't knock anybody else for playing in Kyle Shanahan's system, right? We don't say, well, George Kittle wouldn't put up the numbers he puts up if he weren't playing in Kyle Shanahan's system. Nobody ever says that. Apparently it's, it's all Kittle. And all, you know, Emmanuel Sanders and all those guys, they get all the credit, but the quarterback doesn't. That seems a little inconsistent to me, Levin. Thank your boy like Florio for that. They created this <laughs> idea that Jimmy's not good. So they got they got to find and grasp at straws somewhere when he puts <laughs> up the numbers he put up last year. I mean, it is what it is. The wide receivers get all the credit, but the quarterback gets none. That's the exact opposite of what normally happens. Yeah, it's just funny to me that people kind of it's you can't have it both ways. It's not like, okay, Kyle Shanahan's system only works for Jimmy Garoppolo and nobody else. Like it it doesn't work like that. It's just that people have this preconceived notion because Jimmy Garoppolo started five games and he kind of broke this 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 notion, I guess, that people had that, oh, you have to actually prove something to be able to get paid a bunch in this league um, as a veteran quarterback. And now they're pissed off because he didn't turn into the next Rob Johnson where he got a lot of money and he, he didn't flame out. Like he's actually kind of doing pretty well. So that being said, like, you know, I think that it's just a lot of this media created, right? Like Mike Florio, like you said, like he's, he, he doesn't like Jimmy Garoppolo. He doesn't like Kyle Shanahan. He doesn't like the 49ers and there's many of them. There was Ryan Clark last year, uh, Adam rank last year who actually wore it and is, and is, and is actually endeared by 49er fans now. but all these talking heads, they don't understand the fact that the way the Niners do deals that these big numbers that you see, they're actually number one, you have to look at the guarantee number. Number two, they're year to year deals. So that's kind of how you look at it. I know that a lot of players and quarterbacks, especially are dealing with circumstances, but let's just like, look at Jimmy Garoppolo's career, right? He goes to new England. He doesn't play basically because Brady never misses a freaking game. Then he finally gets in and he gets hurt after two games. So he doesn't even get his sort of full four game audition. Then he goes to the 49ers halfway through the season. He gets to play a little, but doesn't really get in any extended look. And then he finally gets the reins as a starting quarterback and blows out his ACL three games into the season, plays all last year, gets to the Super Bowl, has a very good year. What did he throw the third most, I think, touchdown passes of, by a 49er quarterback ever? Something like that. And then this year, he's got a freaking global pandemic and he can't work out with his, he can't work out with his teammates. And, you know, who knows if we're even going to have a season? It's unbelievable. It is such a crazy, like, career development path for Jimmy Garoppolo. It is. I mean, it, it is what it is for Jimmy. He's, he's had a roller coaster career, so to speak. And, I mean, for Niner fans, it's probably good that he didn't get those full four games during the uh, deflate gate suspension, because if he did, he probably would have been traded right away, or at least at the end of that year. So it all works out in the end. Right now, he's got the rank. 
the reins to one of the top teams in the league, and that's about all he could ask for. It's it's going to be a crazy year if we even have it. I mean, it's going to be there's never there's never been a year like this, and there probably never will be a year like this going forward. I can't imagine anything coming close to what we're about to see, Levin. We're not going to see anything, but <laughs> that's my opinion. I don't think we're seeing anything. Maybe we get spring football. That's about all I can see happening. And yeah, I mean, you're getting me, you're getting me riled up because I saw that they're going to try to have fans in the stands and they want the fans to sign a waiver before they go. Like if you have to sign a waiver, this isn't Terrell Owens playing in the Super Bowl on one leg. Like if you have to sign a waiver so that if you get this deadly disease, you won't sue anybody. Maybe you shouldn't be going to the game in the first place. I don't know. Does that make me crazy? Uh, I think it's short-sighted for the NFL to think that they get to decide things like that because a lot of these places are going to say, heck no, we're not allowing fans to be there. They're going to spread it like crazy in this community. I mean, it's already spreading. Like right now, I live in Pittsburgh. The county for Pittsburgh, Allegheny County, has set the record for most daily cases uh, three out of the last four days. I mean, even during the peak, we were typically seeing like 50 to 70 cases each day. Mm-hmm. We're having over 100 now, three of the last four days. I mean, it, things are going to be getting shut down once again. They opened things up. They're about to be shut down again. The state just mandated for all of Pennsylvania that anytime you're out in public, you must wear a mask. No longer like wear it when you go into business. It's if you're going to the park, you're going anywhere, you have to be in a mask. Things are going to be getting shut down. How do you then start training camp? I mean, doesn't doesn't work. They can't even stop these people from getting positive tests while they're holding little five to ten unorganized workouts together. How are you going to do it when you got ninety people there trying to make a team? Yeah, I really. I wish I could say you're wrong. I wish I could argue with you, but I really can't. I I hope I'm wrong. I obviously I want them to get it in, but we'll see where it goes. I hope everybody stays safe. Stay inside if you can. Listen to podcasts like this one if you can. Please like us on iTunes. Subscribe. Comment. Please, please, please. We, we love all of you. If you have any questions, we're happy to answer them, of course. Levin, unless you have anything else, I think we call it a day and hopefully come back in a week and hopefully we have some good news. Yeah. Hopefully the next podcast is Kiddo Contract. There you go. See, that's how we end it. On a positive note, for Zaynac, being Levin Black, I'm Rob Stats Guerrera. We'll see you next time.